Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man. Praise have you seen, you've heard that song before. Uh, it's a great movie, and uh, if not, it's cool. We're glad you're here today, and uh, we're in a series called This Is Me. My name's Pastor Jeremy, and one of the pastors here, and along with my wife, Pastor Lindsay, we are just honored to pastor this amazing church. So can we give it up for our church, and we're just so grateful, so grateful. And also, man, if you're a first-time guest, like Lorenzo said, fill out that Connect card, text that number. We would love to connect with you today. But also, uh, I just want to welcome you to Avenue Church by just saying, hey, we're so glad you're here today. And so thank you. Thank you for being here today. We pray this can be a place you can call home. This can be a place away from home, anything like that. But man, we're just grateful you are here at Avenue Church. Last Sunday, we had uh, just an amazing, incredible Sunday, and I want to celebrate with you what God is doing. We had an incredible Easter. We had an incredible Sunday last Sunday, and we had four people planned to get water baptized, but 13 took a step and got water baptized at Avenue Church. It was incredible. Over 400 people ate a donut. Come on, somebody. Where'd my donut people at? And uh, man, we had a great time last Sunday. And also, I just want to let you know, too, uh, this week I had to really prepare a lot and really make sure that I was uh, in and out of season and uh, because of my wife's birthday. All right, so it's my wife's birthday on Thursday. And uh, so on the count of three, just say happy birthday. One, two, three. And uh, she's, she's an old lady, but we love her, you know, and, and praise God. But make sure you say happy birthday to her. And, and uh, Matt, we're just grateful you're here today. How many of churches to be enjoyed, not endure? Can I get a witness, somebody? And so we're glad you're here at Avenue Church. Like I said, we're in a series called This Is Me. This Is Me. And last week we learned that the me that you see is not the me that you know. That this is me is not this is who I was, but this is me today. That it's not a take it or leave it mentality. It's not pastor, this is me and all of my, uh, you know, all of my insecurities, all of my weakness. You know, I'm just the way I am, who I am. And uh, you know what? It's because it's how I grew up. And so this is me. And how many know the me that we see is not the me that we are. That through me is Christ, is an, is an identity in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God loves to take broken things and he loves to restore them. God takes broken things and he loves to restore them. God loves to take broken things and he loves to restore them. And so last week we have a kind of a mantra, an anthem scripture for this series. And so turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And I love what it says here. It says, but you are a chosen race. You are a chosen race. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're chosen. You're chosen, all right? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I love the message version. Message version says that we are called as God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for God, to tell others of the night and day difference. Come on, somebody. That was last week. People went in the water, came out of the water, and said, there is a night and day difference in Jesus' name. That he, he took you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. This is me. I don't care who you are, but that was good. That was good stuff right there. That was all right. 
This is who I am. That we saw a new life take place last Sunday, but every Sunday we see God take people from nothing to something. God doesn't take bad people and make them good, all right? God takes dead people and he makes them alive in Christ Jesus. So this is not me, but this is me in Jesus' name. And so we're going through a series, and this is going to be an amazing time. So I encourage you to come back every single week, because every single Sunday, we're seeing life change. We're seeing people take a step, and exactly, you know, taking a step to exact, exactly to where God wants to see them. And it's incredible to know we're only a year old, and we're just getting started. How many believe that? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so I want to start off with a second, uh, kind of a part two. And this has really been on my heart this week. And, and I believe this is a, what you call a, an emergency message or a rhema word. But an emergency message means that God says, you know what? You got something planned. You got some series going on. And, and you have the structure for this is me. But God's saying, time out. I need you to write this down. Time out. There's an urgency in the timing of what God wants us to put down. And so today, I'm going to give you the, the punchline before the joke. All right? I'm going to give you the main point before the sermon. And so if you got your uh, phone out, Get your phones out, pen and paper, iPad. Uh, check in on Facebook. Use Facebook for notes. Get your iPhones out. If you have a gal, uh, an Android, just cheat off the iPhone person so you can you know, stay along with us. And get your Bibles out. But I want you to write this down. Write this down real quick. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. And I believe that's crucial for many of us here today. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. See, greatness is who you are. Greatness is not what you do. And I really believe that's going to speak to somebody today, that when you find out who you are in Christ Jesus, then you'll know what to do. That greatness is not who you are. Greatness is who you are, excuse me, but it's not what you do. So what I want to ask you today in this series, this is me, who are you? Who are you today? That there's a major difference between works that I've seen as we, as we begin to go through this journey of faith. That many of you are here today, maybe you accepted Christ last Sunday. Maybe you accepted Christ this morning. Maybe you accepted Jesus a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Maybe from the day you were born, you're like, I love Jesus. You're like, praise God, perfect child right here, you know. But as we go on this journey of faith, I want to ask you, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because in order to know what to do, you have to know who you are. And so I want you to begin to uh, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. And I love this scripture in Ephesians, because this scripture in Ephesians is one that we all should know. It's one that we bring up a lot at Avenue Church. And it says this, for it is by grace you have been saved. For grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. For, for grace, it is for by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God. Can I get an amen right there? Thank you, God, that is a, it is a gift from God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so I want you to understand, in order to know what to do, we need to know who we are. And the Bible says we're saved by grace, not by what we did. So if we're saved by grace and not by what we did, how come then we were created for good works? 
I've always wondered that myself. And say, so, okay, God, you saved me by grace, not by, but not by my works so that I cannot boast, so that I cannot brag. But then in the next verse, it says, we are God's workmanship created for good works. I'm here to tell you, if you're here today, I got some great news for you. Now, if you fill out a Connect card your first time, you fill out that Connect card, you take it to Avenue Central, or you text their number, 77453, and text the word Avenue. We'll give you a free gift, a nice little cup with our logo on it, and say, you can take this home, and yes, I got a cup. But also, if you're here today, and you accept Christ for the very first time, God has given you a free gift called salvation. God is saying, this is for you today. There's no uh, discrepancies. There's no, uh, where have you been? I need to see ID. We need to do a background check. God doesn't care where you are because he cares about where you're going. God doesn't care about wh- who you are because God, God knows who you are. And so I believe that many of us, we need to hear that today, that this is me, Jesus, in all of my garbage and all my filth, all my worries, all my anxieties. This is me. And God says, great, here's a free gift called the gift of salvation, but I've also created you for more works. And so if you've never made that decision, you will have that opportunity at the end of this message to say, God, be Lord of my life. I accept the free gift called salvation. But if it is who we are here at this church, I want you to write this down. I want you to write down, I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Because I want you to understand that salvation brings purpose, and purpose gives me something to do. Salvation brings purpose. We get saved not by works, but when we get saved, God brings purpose into our lives that he created beforehand, before we even showed up. And so God said, I made this person, I've gifted them, I placed purpose in them, but then they need to accept the free gift of salvation. And when they do that, then they're created for good works. We are saved by grace, but we still got to work it. Turn your neighbor and say, work it, baby. You got to work it, all right? W-E-R-K, all right? Work it. Because God placed something on the inside of you. Because when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. That we work out what God has worked in us. We work out what God has worked in us. That God created us for good works. A few years ago, I was asked to play uh, softball on a men's team uh, right here in Las Vegas. So it wasn't like I was in high school or an elementary school or t-ball. I, I was an adult. And so I showed up to the softball team. And, and uh, just so you know, my wife is better at softball than I am. And I am secure in knowing that. All right? I have no problem in that. And so I showed up for softball, and, and they gave me a jersey, and I had making sure I had the right shorts on and the colors. They got my glove. I had to, like, get it out of storage. Got my glove, and I showed up, and I was late because I didn't know where the fields were, where to park. And so I show up at the, at the field. And I said, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm so sorry. You're like, here, put this jersey on. Pop the jersey on. They said, okay, guys, let's take the field. We got the ball. And so we ran out to the field. I remember grabbing my stuff, and I ran out to the field, and I thought to myself, I don't know where to go. I mean, I'm talking about, so you just kind of, okay, and I didn't know the other guys on my team. I only knew the coach, and and so I thought, okay, maybe I will just go somewhere where it's empty, right? I'm going to find an empty position. Outfield, okay, they got four guys out there, Uh, first base, second base, and I kind of was just kind of, I feel really stupid right now. And the coach goes, Bosma. I go, yeah. He goes, you're, you're in the dugout, all right? You're a pitch runner. I said, okay, you know. 
But listen, let me tell you this. When you sign up for a team and the coach says, hey, Bosma, you're second base. What happens when I run out to that field, I have purpose. I know exactly where to go. I know what to stand and I know what I'm supposed to do. Why? Because when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. And for so many of us, we accept Christ, but when we accept him, we don't know who he is and we don't know who we are. And so if we don't know who we are, then we don't know what to do. And I believe that God has placed in, before he placed on this earth, he created you for good works. That you're going to run to your spot and you're going to work it. That we're going to help you in growth track. We're going to help you say, you know what? This is what God created you for. This is what you're good at. But I also believe there's some other areas that God is going to use you for his praise and his glory. And so we're going to place you here at Avenue Church so you can work it. Why? Because I am saved. I am redeemed and I'm a child of God. And so in order to know who I am, I need to know what to do. So we were created for good works, so we're going to walk in them. We're going to walk in them. So everyone's going to be used by God to reach others. That sometimes we forget that God created us as his instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. That's Peter, uh, Second Peter in the message version. So write this down. What you do isn't who you are. What you do is not who you are, but I want you to know that who you are is what you do. That's good right there. We can have an altar call right there. Why? Because so many of us, we're going to go to work tomorrow, and we're going to say, I hate my job. I hate this dumb place. Why am I at this job? God, don't you have more for me? And God is saying, listen to me, what you do is not who you are. But I place you in that job because I know who you are and who you are gives you something to do. And so you might be in that job and you're in the break room and you're like, I hate this job. I thought God was going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ask or think. I thought God had a plan for my life to hook me up somebody. And you're in that break room. You're like, I hate my job. And somebody next to you is like, hey, bro, I just got a divorce. And you're like, that's fine. I hate my job. <laughs> Why am I here? Because it's not what you do defines who you are. It's who you are helps you to do what you're supposed to do. And I believe God has placed you in that school. God has placed you in that family. God has placed you in that person's life to make a difference in their life because they need hope and they need healing. They need to know that it is by grace through faith that they are saved. That is a free gift of salvation. Not what you are, but it's who you are in Christ Jesus. I got to tell you, every job I had before the platform, I didn't enjoy it because I said, God, you have more for me. But how many know I had to be faithful with where I was at so that God can use me where I want to go? <laughs> because what I do is not who I am, but who I am is what helps me to do what I'm supposed to do. For example, when many of us get saved, it's like getting a gym membership. Some of those gym memberships you go to and you're like, oh man, I need to change. I saw myself in the mirror. It was horrible, right? Like I went to those horrible mirrors at the mall and it was like full body with the terrible lighting. And you're like, no, you know, like, can we auto-tune the mirror for my body? Like, can we do something? So you go to the gym and you sign up and you're like, I want to look like you. It's like, you want to be like me? Yes, I want to be like you. And you sign up for that membership, you don't even care, right? It could be like six years, 10 years, I don't care. And so you sign up, boom, I am now a member. 
And it's one thing to be a member, it's another thing to actually use the equipment. It's another thing to be a member, but it's another thing to actually go there. For some of us, we don't even know we're a gym member until the bill shows up. Who has Planet Fitness? Who is paying for this? Who's paying for this? You are. Okay, praise God. Yeah. God is good all the time. <laughs> that we're missing out on a benefit. That feels good to work out. Feels great knowing that I am making a difference. But I'm here to tell you, don't tell me you CrossFit. Show me you CrossFit. Don't tell me you work out. Tell me, show me you're working out. That God says, I place good works in you beforehand. So baby, let's work it. But so many times we say, God, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God, I'm going to take a step towards Him, I'm going to get into growth track, I'm going to get plugged in, I'm going to get involved, I got water baptized, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God. And as you take a step forward, the enemy says, you're not good at anything. The enemy says, no, 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 you need to go back to what you're doing because that's who you are. And the voices of the enemy begins to go around us. I'm here to tell you today, let's work out what God has done in you. To write this down, salvation is not a stopping point, but it's a starting line. Salvation is not a stopping point, but it's a starting line. That when you accept Christ and say, Jesus, take me from death to life. Jesus, I need hope. I need healing. That God is saying, yes, let's start there. It's the starting line. It's not the stopping line. I want to tell you as a church here at Avenue Church, we're not going to stop doing what we're doing because we've hit some numerical goal. We're not going to stop what we're doing just because we, this entire place is packed out or we have additional seating all the way down to the hallway, into the lobby. We're not going to stop doing what we're doing. If uh, all of a sudden uh, behind here we have an amphitheater and we have additional seating outside because they like the heat and the sun and, and we have people out there. We got people on this entire campus. We got four, five, six, seven services, eight services. We're online. We're reaching the world. We are we're not going to stop until everybody has heard the name of Jesus. Why? Because we're going to work it. That God created us for good works, for His work, for His work. That the moment we say, you know what, this is like too many people, and, and let's close our doors, and, and, and let's really disciple, right? Let's really get together. And, and the moment we do that, I believe the moment we close our doors is the day that God releases His favor and His blessings off this church. Because God created us for good works. Because we are his workmanship. That as we begin to discover our purpose and as we begin to make a difference, we're making a difference in others' lives. That we're working with what God has for us. That as a person, I believe that God is going to take you to new levels and to new seasons of growth. That I believe there's people in this room, God's going to propel you as you begin to step forward. You say, okay, I'm going to get plugged in. Okay, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to get involved in this church for maybe a year or two years. And people are going to come back into your life. They're not going to be able to recognize the me they once knew. They're going to recognize, they're going to completely see a completely different person before them. Because God is going to do something inside of you. To watch God show off through you, he will set you free and begin to lead others. So I want to turn to Daniel chapter 3. And there's a story in Daniel chapter 1, excuse me, in the Old Testament. I want to take us through the story as quick as I can, just for time's sake. But there was, uh, there was four guys. There was Daniel, and there was three other gentlemen. And they were just these Hebrew boys. And King Nebuchadnezzar was, was a, a heathen king, an evil king. 
And he was really full of himself. And so he decided, you know what, I'm going to pull these boys from their homes and I'm going to begin to find just the best of the best. I'm going to find boys that are, that are handsome. I'm going to find boys without any physical defect. I'm going to find boys that show aptitude for every kind of learning. They're going to be well-informed. They're quick to understand. They're qualified in serving the king's palace. I'm going to rip them from their homes and we're going to train them. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to hook them up. I'm going to make sure they're satisfied and successful. I'm going to teach them to trade, and then they will be part of my army. And so it says, the king assigned to them a daily amount of food and wine for the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. And the next slide, it says this. It says this. Ready? I'm going to go back over here. They were trained for years. Among them were chosen, were some of them from Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, and so it says there. So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so there's these four boys, and all of a sudden they, they said, these guys are great. So we're going to give them new names. And in these new names, it's going to be Daniel, your name is now Belteshar. Now Hananiah, uh, uh, Hananiah, you're now Shadrach. Mishael, you're now Meshach. And Azariah, you're now Abednego. So I'm changing your name because you're now serving me. And so in order to have a godly perspective of this is me, I want you to ask today, who am I? Because in order to do what we're supposed to do, we need to know who we are. And so write this down today. Who am I? Because many of us, we walk through life trying to figure out who we are. And I love this portion of Scripture. I love this, that they took their names, they changed their names, and they said, you know what? We are now going to label you. I don't know if you like Starbucks. Anyone like Starbucks in here? All right, Starbucks people out. Anyone like coffee? Where are my coffee people at? All right. Um, one time my wife and I, we went through Starbucks. And we went through the drive-thru, and I ordered her drink. She likes a, uh, you know, sometimes it's venti, sometimes it's tall, depending on the day. But she likes to get her non-fat chai, latte, like latte, non-fat chai, chai tea. And chai tea is disgusting. Where are my people at? <laughs> disgusting. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yes, I see your hand. And so I got myself any kind of coffee. Sometimes I'll get the uh, red eye. Sometimes I'll get just Pike Place. Sometimes I'll get a flat white with a sprinkle of peppermint because it's always Christmas in my heart. <laughs> And so I ordered my coffee, and we went to the drive-thru, and I paid for it. And they gave me two drinks that looked the same. And I put them in the cup holder, and we went on our merry way. And as we're driving down the road, I pick, I pick up a, a, a cup without reading the label. And when I take the cup without reading the label, how many know where I'm going with this? All right, I'm thinking, I'll take, you know, I'm like, taste and see the Lord is good. I got Starbucks today. It did come out of my Keurig. It came from the sweet nectar of Starbucks. And I'm so happy. And also, I'm about to drink it. I'm expecting my flat white with a little bit of peppermint because it's Christmas in my heart. I'm expecting something delicious to warm my soul and wake me up. And so as I drink it, it's not what I was expecting. It was a disgusting, not fat, chai tea latte. And it went in my mouth. I said, no. The devil is a liar. You sit on your throne of lies. But listen to me, sometimes we, 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 we allow the world to mislabel us. We allow the world to place a name on us. And we're here to say, no, 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 I am not that. I am saved. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. I am a flat white mocha with peppermint. In Jesus' name. 
and they changed their names. Hananiah, Shadrach, was his, his name was changed to Shadrach, which means a little god of a coup, which was a false god that didn't exist. Meshach changed to a moon god. And the last guy, Abednego, was named to God of Wisdom. Let me tell you this, though. Their name was changed, and they were labeled, but they were not persuaded by the name. They were not persuaded by the label. You, they were saying, call me what you want to call me, but I know who I am. You could label me what you want to label me, but I know who I am. And because I know who I am, I now know what to do. That they didn't identify, what, don't, do not identify to what happens to you or allow a label to be placed on you. As I've been studying this message, God brought it to my attention. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, one of the originals, and it eaves in the garden, and God said, Adam and Eve, you can have dominion over everything. You can eat from anywhere, but do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We all know the story. Eve was tempted by a serpent, and the serpent said, I want you to eat that. It's probably a tomato from a tree because it's disgusting. When I eat a tomato, I have knowledge of good and evil. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so she took the fruit, and she ate it. And when she ate it, she turned to Adam and said, Adam, this is good. You eat it. And he said, no. And she said, what you say? And he said, okay, I'll, I will eat that. That's, I'm sorry. That's my translation. All right? He said, yes, dear. Yes, ma'am. And so he ate it. And when they ate it, it said that knowledge of good and evil entered into their hearts. What does that mean? Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, they hid because they realized they were naked. That nakedness identifies with shame. They realized they were exposed and they were full of shame. And this is what the Bible says. God was walking and he said, where are you, Adam? Where are you? Do you know what? When God asks a question, he already knows the answer. He's wondering if we know the answer to his question. Where are you? This is me. Yeah, but where are you? Where are you? And he says this, I heard you in the garden, God. And Adam said, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Who deceived you? Who placed that shame on you? Who placed that label on you? I'm here to tell you, who told you you are who you are? Now, I'm going to give you one of the most spiritual lessons that you've probably ever seen in church. And one of the most spiritual things you can do is that when you accept Christ into your heart and you say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I, I want to follow you. I believe you created me for good works. You've got a plan and a purpose for my life. One of the most powerful things you can do is buy yourself some noise-canceling headphones. Because the problem is when you say, you know what? I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. And as you take a step towards the purposes of God, the enemy's going to say, don't you dare. Do you know who you are? You're naked. You're full of shame. You're this label. I'm placing this on you. You can fool Avenue Church. You can fool anybody around you, but I know who you are. One of the most spiritual things you can do is put on these things and say, no, I'm not going to listen to the noise around me. I'm not going to listen to the voice of the enemy because I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. But for some of us in this room, i got to take it a step further. For some of you in this room, it's not just the noise around you, but it's the battle between your ears. It's the voices that you're hearing on the inside saying, you're not saved. You are not redeemed. You are not 
a child of God. But don't worry, I have a solution for you. What you need to do is not just get yourself some noise-canceling headphones, but get yourself some headphones that plays worship. That plays worship. To say the only voice I'm allowing in my mind is worship. To say I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Somebody this last week, she said, I don't read the Bible, I listen to the Bible. I said, come on, girlfriend, get your headphones on. And when you feel the voice and the labels of the enemy coming in, you say, I am saved, I am redeemed, I'm a child of God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And then you go to work. You're at work on Monday. And you join work, and all of a sudden the enemy comes in like a flood. Because here's what the enemy is doing. The enemy is saying, oh no, they've discovered their purpose. Oh no, they know exactly who they are in Christ Jesus. Because I know if they know who they are, then they'll know what to do. And if they begin to do what God has called them to do, they're going to make a difference in their house, in their city, in their workplace. I'm going to come in like a flood. But how many know when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard and you say, no, I'm going to put these back on. I'm going to begin to listen to the voice of God say, I am saved, I am redeemed, and I am a child of God. I can prove it to you. Have you ever driven somewhere you've never been before? And on your way there, you're trying to get the right directions, and you got the radio on, you got the kids in the back, and you need to see where you're going, and you turn down the radio to see where you're going? What? No, 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 no. How come you need to hear in order to see? Because as you're driving there, you're like, kids, shut up. I can't see where I'm going. And kids are like, uh, mom, dad, you got a big old windshield right there. I can't say. I need to think about where I'm going. You know, the enemy knows to do that. The enemy says, man, if I can get into their head, if I can begin to verbalize, if I can begin to take away their hearing, I can take away their vision. I can take away their vision. Man, I'm here to tell you, sometimes we need to drive like this. We say, uh-uh, I don't think so, not today. I'm just going to get on my way. For some of you in this place, you're like this, uh-uh, I'm going to go. Stop it. You know, yesterday, uh, I helped assistant coach of a soccer team. I know, I know. But I'm a soccer coach, and Juan is one of the main, he's the main coach. And it was fun that my, my position is to stand next to the goal and to begin to help the kids out. Like, wake up, ball's coming, you know, it's coming your way. And it's little six, seven, uh, eight-year-olds. And even yesterday, uh, my, my goalie was next to me, and his dad was next to him. And as the ball was coming his way, he scooped it up, and he stopped, and he stopped the other team from scoring. We all cheered, yeah. But then he didn't know where to go because he had two voices he had the voice of his dad going, no, 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 I want you to do this. And then he had the voice of his coach. And I had to step in and say, hey, I, I love you. You know what I mean? Like, you're a big man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> stay over there. But I said, hey, listen to coach. Because coach has the playbook. The coach is the right voice you need to be listening to in this opportune moment. Why? Because I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. That if I know who I am, then I know what to do. But in order to know who I am, I need to know who he is. Because I find my identity in Christ. That I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. That when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. 
That we have an amazing team. We saw over 600 people at Easter. We saw 400 last week. Why? Because we have an amazing A team that will sacrificially serve. They'll come and set up. They'll put the chairs out, set all this stuff up that you see. But why do they do it? Because they discovered that they were saved by grace, not by their works, but you cannot help but do good work that helps others encounter God's saving grace. It just begins to happen. You say, God, thank you for the free gift of salvation. I now know who I am, so this is what I'm going to do. And as I step into God's purpose for my life, others get to receive the free gift. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. So I believe this is an emergency message for you guys today. I believe God timed it out. God said, you've got to share this. That I believe that there's some point when you're going to step in, you're going to go to growth track step one today. We were packed last service. You're going to step into growth track. You're going to learn about our church, learn about the things of God, learn about leadership and giftings and all of those things. But when you go home, all of a sudden the enemy's going to show up. When you go home, your past is going to show up out of nowhere. And the pastor's going to say, I know who you are. All of a sudden on your doorstep, something's going to knock and maybe a trial's going to happen or maybe something's going to happen and they're going to be at your doorstep and say, I know who you are. But listen to me, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fire, if you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. You know exactly who you're going to bow to and who you serve. If I know who I am, then I'll know exactly what I do. I'm here to tell you that Christianity is not defined in terms of who we are in ourselves. Who we are in ourselves. That God made us who we are so we can make it known who he is. That our identity is in the sake of making known his identity. That when I step out into the things of God, people go, I know who you are, but look what you're doing. Man, God's doing some incredible things in you and through you. You're finding hope. You're finding healing. You, what, you, got, baptized, you got baptized in water. What? They gave you a shirt to wear that says A-team. Like, you're serving and you're making a difference. What is going on? And you got to say, you know what? My identity is his identity because I know who I am. I am saved. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. I'm here to tell you it is contagious. And so here's these three boys that had their name changed. Four boys. But then Shadrach, Meshach, uh, Meshach and Abednego, they were all called together in this, this, uh, this arena, in this area. And the king came out and the king said, I'm going to make a golden idol of myself, a golden sculpture. And, uh, and the, what was going to happen was the sound was going to play. The noise was going to come back up. The harp, the lyre, all the different instruments. And the Bible says that when that noise came, they were to bow down at the golden altar. They were to bow down as commanded to something that was not God. And so here's what the Bible says, is that when they bow down and worship the image of gold, the king Nebuchadnezzar set up that whoever does not bow down and worship will be immediately thrown into the fire. Thrown into the fire. And so what happened was, when everyone bowed down, these boys said, you know what? When culture is bowing down, when people are doing that's against God's word, when people want me to bow down to the label they placed on me, I believe this is what they did. They just put on their headphones. And as everyone, every single person was bowing down and, and they were the only three standing in the multitude of people, I believe they put on their headphones and they just said, I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. On Monday morning, they want you to bow down. You might say, no, no. I'm saved. 
I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. It doesn't mean we're angry. Don't be an angry Christian on Monday morning, all right? I am saved. I'm redeemed. Don't do that. I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. The Bible says they took him, and Nebuchadnezzar was so upset that he turned up the furnace seven times that they, they bound them. How many know you could be bound, but you still be set free? And so they took the three guys and they threw them in. The furnace was so hot, the guard himself that threw them in died. And here's what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, he leapt to his feet in amazement. He asked his advisors, weren't there three men? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Weren't there three men that we tied up and we threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look. I see four. I see four men walking around in a fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God's. That fourth man, they believe, was Jesus Christ. That in the fire, in that trial, in their worst moment, Jesus was with them. And Jesus said, I'm going to make sure you're not bound. I'm going to make sure you're not harmed, that I am with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'm here to tell you that when you go into that fire, I'm here to tell you the fire is still going to come. The storms are going to still come your way. But because you know who you are, you know now what to do. That when I go through that fire, I'm not going to say, God, where are you at? All right? Because that's what would have been me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I am, I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. They buy me. <laughs> I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. The door opens up. Okay. Hey, hey. I'm saved. <laughs> I'm saved. Well, how many know when God shows up, when he shows up, that's when people know, look. Look, God is right next to them. Because if I, if I was in that fire, I don't think I would have survived. If I was going through that storm, I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given it up. Have you ever seen people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go through a major trial, go through some heartache, some hardship, and you're going, how in the world are they still serving God? They must be saved. They must be redeemed. They must be a child of God. That in your fire, in your trial, in your storm, people see Jesus standing right next to you. And people say they're unharmed, they're unbound, that God is going to use them because they know who they are. So we now know what to do. And I'm here to tell you, church, sometimes it's what you don't do. It's more powerful. Instead of quitting, instead of giving up, Instead of saying, screw it all, I thought this was going to be better. Instead of saying all that, you just say, I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Because you know what happened? Was King Nebuchadnezzar took them out of that furnace. And he said, wow, there was, there was, four, there was three in that fire. I saw a fourth man. And he came out and he said, there's something about you. And the Bible said he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He writes the entire next chapter. Why? Because he, he began to realize the free gift of salvation. He began to realize there's something greater in them. The king who didn't know God recognized God. And that's what's going to happen in your life. As I close today, there's a famous um, composer. And he would play the cello. 
And this young man who was really good at the instrument really wanted to go see him. And so he got a opportunity to go see him. And so he sat before him with his instruments. And this guy, his name was Pablo. And he said, go ahead, play. And so this young man, he took it out. He took it out, whatever the cello is. I don't know what it is, right? Whatever it is. <laughs> he began to play it. He began to play the instrument. When he was done, Pablo looked at him and was like, he said, you hit every note, but you weren't playing the music. You hit every note, but you weren't playing the music. For so many of us, we're going through life. We're hitting those notes. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but we're not playing that music. What's that music? It's that purpose that God has placed in your life. It's that greater that God has for your life. That God says, man, if you begin to encounter who I am, because at Avenue Church, we want you to know God. Then we want you to find freedom. But then we want you to discover your purpose so you can make a difference. That if, no, if you know who he is, then you'll, you'll know who you are. And watch that music come. Watch that purpose flow. And watch that opportunity come at every single turn, every single workplace, every single home, every single airplane ride, every single uh, convenience store, grocery store, cashier, every single, you begin, every single person you begin to encounter, they begin to see Christ in you. So will you bow your heads, close your eyes, I want to pray over you today. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Thank you for who you are. Father, thank you. You're a God of grace. You're a God of mercy. The God, I pray today in Jesus' name, thank you for your free gift of salvation. But God, I thank you that it doesn't stop there. But God, I thank you that you created us for good works. That God, we are your workmanship. We are your instrument. That God, we're going to show people the night and day difference God did in us through the fire, through the storm, through the trial, at our office, at our workplace, at our families, in our homes. That God, I pray, begin to show off in us and through us. That God, I pray today begin to help us to mute the voice of the enemy. Begin to mute the voice of those that are speaking down into our lives. Begin to help us to mute the voice of those that are trying to label us and try to change our name. That God, I pray you begin to do a work in our hearts today. Right here in this service. Right where they're at in their seats. The Holy Spirit, I pray you begin to do a work in our minds, do a work in our hearts. God, when we begin to encounter who you are, we find our identity in you. Father, I pray for those that are here today. And maybe you've never accepted the free gift of salvation. Maybe you feel like you're just dead or in the dark. God wants you to take you into the light. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm, I don't have any hope. I need some healing. I'm so tired of listening to the voice of the enemy. I'm so tired of listening to what they have to say. That God is here to tell you today, who told you that? And God is saying, listen to my voice. Listen to me that I've created you beforehand for good works. I created you for my praise and my glory. I created you for something greater in your life. And so if that is you today, I want every single one of us 
to pray a prayer. The prayer we're about to pray, it's not a route track prayer. It's not a you're joining the church prayer, but it's a prayer of introduction for the, of the free gift called salvation. It's a prayer of saying, God, I want to begin to take a step towards you into knowing who God is. With every head, body, eye closed, I want everyone to say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I'm at. That today, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. Say, Jesus, you were raised for me. Now raise me to new life. That today, I will follow you all the days of my life. Because I am saved, I am redeemed, and I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it. Amen. Come on. Reach down with me, please, real quick. Now, here's what I want you to do. I would love for you to raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you said, boom, put it up, put it right back down. I won't single you out. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Anyone else? Thank you. Come on. Give a clap. Give a clap. Oh, come on. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want that. Ready? Come on, everybody. New life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord.